your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we will be discussing Pierre-Edouard Belmar and his season grade. We are back doing that in our offseason. Did it last offseason. Uh, always planned on doing it again this offseason, just not right now. Thought we'd still be playing at this point, but we got started on it a little bit earlier than normal, and that's okay. So we'll, uh, we go alphabetically. So Belmar is the first man up. We will uh, go through his season and hand him his grade. <clears throat> the free agent we will be talking about today is Kale McCarr. And uh, glad I waited an extra day to do that because some news did come out about what the Avalanche and Makar are hoping for. They both seem to be on the same page for that. And the Seth Jones rumors won't go away. So I will, I didn't talk about it too much, but uh, I kind of thought about it and might not be a bad idea. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But first things first, follow the show on social media outlets on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. That's also where we do the grading and voting on the grading for uh, each player. Locked on Avalanche on Instagram and search, or excuse me, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. <clears throat> so we'll start with the free agent of the day, and that is Kale McCarr. Uh, no secret what he means to this team which is a boatload. As young as he is, already won the Calder for Rookie of the Year. And the following year, what does he do? He follows that up with a Norris Trophy nomination. I've been on record to say like that of all of the awards that Avalanche players are up for, I feel that is the one that is most feasible for an Avalanche player to win. You know, Nathan McKinnon's up for the heart. No chance he's winning that. No chance anybody's winning that other than Connor McDavid. And I don't think they've come out with GM of the year yet. I haven't seen it. And I'm surprised they haven't yet because I thought that was supposed to come out. But maybe I'm wrong. But you would have to assume Joe Sackick is on there. And, you know, he he should win it. But uh, past history tells us no guarantee for that. I genuinely think Kale McCarr should win this Norris. And the one thing that people are kind of holding against him is that those 12 games that he missed. Well, fine. Hold the 12 games against him if you want. He still was the only point-per-game defenseman in the league. And if he did play those 12 games, even if he played half of those games, even if he only missed six games out of the year, it still wouldn't be a question. So... Uh, I, I maybe I'm biased in that aspect, but I, I do. I, I genuinely think he is the best defenseman in the game. Um, and I think now he is going to get paid like it as young as he is. Uh, he is going to kind of get an unprecedented contract in avalanche terms. So word has come out that both the avalanche and 
Makar, Makar's camp, are looking for a long-term deal. And that was kind of the question going in with the flat cap. Uh, you know, what would the Avalanche kind of be hamstrung on what they could offer him and then maybe offer him a short-term bridge deal. But when you do that, you know, you run the risk of him now being an unrestricted free agent, depending on the term of the bridge contract, of course. And and I don't think either the Avalanche or Makar want to go into all of that. I don't think they want to have a bridge deal with him. Um, I, I think they want to lock him up for as long as possible right here, right now, not have another negotiating after a bridge deal is over and then have to extend him even more. I think they just want to give him a max deal, max term deal for the avalanche, which would be eight years. Um, and he's he's going to be in the $10 million range. This could be you know an eight-year, $10 million deal and $80 million contract for Kale McCarr at... 22 going on 23. So, you know, you, you, if you did a bridge deal, he wouldn't hit the age of 27. So it shouldn't be an unrestricted situation after the bridge is over. But, uh, you know, I think it would benefit the avalanche because, you know, say you give him a three year deal, he's going to outperform whatever you give him in a bridge contract. So, the abs might have to pony up even more after that three-year bridge. Maybe he's going to command 11 or, God forbid, 12. So the abs might be saving some money uh, if they do a long-term contract now and get him for about 10, which, I'm sorry, is what he's worth. He could be, you know, you can even make the argument he's worth more than that, and I would be fine with that. He, He is worth the most amount of money that the avalanche want to throw at him. And in my opinion, him and Nathan McKinnon are the two players on the team that throw whatever they're asking for because they are the here and now, and clearly they are the future. And I think they'll come to terms. It seems like most of these free agents on the avalanche seem like they want to hang around. And and I like that culture that the Avalanche and Joe Sackick have created. They have a lot of free agents who want to stay there. It doesn't always happen because, you know, there's only so much money to go around and some guys are going to have to walk out the door. Uh, But it just seems like most guys like being there. And, you know, Kale McCarr is is no no doubt uh, the future of this franchise. And he genuinely seems like he enjoys being there. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a deal that you hope gets done. And I would like to see that. I would like to see a long-term deal right now. I mean, if I, I can't see Makar being a super greedy person and there was, I don't remember who it was on, on Twitter, uh, inter well, just, I don't know if they interviewed him, but they, you know, they were, they were a part of the press conference that Kale McCarr was uh, taking part in during the postseason, and they asked him, you know, kind of what, what frivolous spending have you done uh, at all? You know, I don't, I don't think the question was really like recently, but just you know, since you've been in the NHL, what's kind of like something frivolous that you bought? And he made the comment of something he was driving, and he saw like 
corner shop and he said, I kind of want a, a, a Slurpee. So he went in and got a Slurpee. That was his answer. This is not, that's not a guy who's going to, if, if you're offering, you know, 10.5 and he wants 11, he's going to hold out for that amount of money. You know what I mean? He does. If that's his answer, you offer him $10 million over the course of eight years. He is probably going to take that. So I see this getting done. I don't see this really being a, a long drawn out process. If last year is anything, uh, Joe Sackick got deals done relatively quickly uh, once free agency opened up. So uh, I, I, th- th- there might be something ready to go and just waiting for the time to announce it. And yeah, I think Kale McCarr is going to be in an avalanche sweater for a, a very long time. So if both sides want to do a long-term deal, I don't see anything standing in the way of that happening. So just waiting for the announcement. So, um, all right, let us hear from who do we got? A couple. We have a few sponsors on the docket today. First one is Locker Room, and we did not do a Locker Room last week. We typically do them on Thursdays, and that was the day the Avalanche season ended. So didn't really, wasn't really, I had to do a show that day. I wasn't really up for doing the locker room. And I don't think anybody else was really. So we will get back to the locker rooms this week. We will record them Thursdays, Thursdays, 930 Eastern, 730 Mountain. And locker room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me and other Avalanche fans in real time about your favorite team. Uh, Like I said, I'll be hosting one on Thursday at 7.30 Mountain, 9.30 Eastern. Sometimes it goes a little bit late because the kids have been a little bit difficult to get to bed. But uh, just follow me on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Or once you download the Locker Room app, follow me on there. And then whenever the room goes live, you'll be notified on both of those platforms. Or you'll just get a, a notification on your phone that the room is live and you join in. Download the free Locker Room app now. It's currently available on iOS and available on Android. Create your profile, link to Twitter, and follow me. And you will know when the room goes live. We'll see you in the locker room. It's changing the way that we talk about sports. Also brought to you by Built Bar. It has nine delicious flavors. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. Those nine delicious flavors are just a few of them. Coconut, coconut, almond, raspberry, mint, brownie, salted caramel. There's something for everybody. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Most flavors contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the other flavors have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, 9 amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your first order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So P.E. Belmar is our first player up for his season grade. And once again, we're going to be doing these three times a week. So uh, follow me on Twitter and a new poll will go up 
um, every other day, basically. And it'll be up for 24 hours and vote and uh, A, B, C, D, or F. And also comment because any of the comments, like I will get to here in a minute, uh, I'll read some of what people were saying about whatever player is, is up for their grade. So we go alphabetically. Belmar is the first guy in line. And he got votes across the board. He got every letter possible. Um, he got 6% of the vote for an A, 48% of the vote B, 39% of the vote C, and 7% was D and F. So the B wins it, wins out for the people of Twitter <coughs> on voting for Pierre Edward Belmar's season. I think that's a little bit generous. And again, I don't do... <coughs> you know, A plus or A minus, B plus or B minus, just because Twitter only allows me four uh, possibilities. Um, so I think he would be one of those guys that hover on a C plus, in my opinion. Um, he, he, you know what you're going to get at a, at a Belmar. He's not one of those guys that's going to have this season that just blows you away and you know he, he he's uh got an outside shot to make like an all-star game or anything like that no he's he is a the the quintessential role player that you want on your team you know he's a, a bottom six forward he's great on the penalty kill and he's great in the locker room and he's uh, he, he's hilarious uh out on the ice for pregame and even postgame and in press conferences his soundbite about playing on Lake Tahoe is easily the best soundbite of this year and maybe for the past 10 years. I, that, I can listen to that thing over and over again and laugh my butt off every single time. He's that kind of guy. He's a, he's a fun-loving guy, free-spirited guy. And when he's on the ice, he gives you everything he has. He's not this guy that's you know lazy or lackadaisical. Uh, just his game doesn't translate into points. He's not a speed demon. He's got decent speed, but he's not going to outskate you. His shot is your average hockey shot. Nothing really wows you. Maybe his his uh, penalty kill. Maybe that'd be the one thing where he kind of excels at, and he kind of re- that's where it seems like, almost it seems like he gets excited if the Avalanche are called for a penalty because. Not only is he going to play for most of that penalty kill, but he's going to be darn good at it too. But you would like to see more scoring come out of Belmar. And for this last season, uh, in the, let's see, uh, 53 games played, nine goals, two assists, 11 points. And that is very heavily weighed towards the end of the season. Because it took him a long time to get a point. And in fact, if you the first 26 games of the season, I think I counted, he had two points. They were both goals. Uh, but the season started on January 13th. He didn't score a goal until my birthday. February 27th is his so he went a month and a half before he scored his first goal his first point <clears throat> and then it was another two weeks until until he scored another one so we got off to a very very slow start his minutes were not you know decreasing and i think that's part of 
the understanding of what you're going to get with Belmar. Uh, just because he wasn't scoring doesn't mean he wasn't doing certain things out on the ice and and putting an effort to the team. He's always in that 10 to 13 time on ice uh, realm. Um, and, and it just seems like you are comfortable with him out there. Like he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, uh, but he's not going to really wow you. And, and, and we're going to get to the, uh, comments and there is a comment in here by, uh, Rebecca who says he doesn't score many goals, but he works hard every shift and his forecheck better than most on the team. His line mates kept changing this year, which didn't help him. And that is really, really uh, an accurate point, especially in the postseason when he centered a line with Newhook and Sampo Ranta. That's just unfair. I, I know Newhook and Ranta are, you know, future great players for the Avalanche, but you're, here's Pierre-Edward Belmar with two teenagers and, you know, basically saying, have at it, enjoy, what, you know, what, do, do the best you can. Uh, and it showed, you know, like Ranta struggled a little bit. Newhook was nowhere near the player he was when he was up on that second line. So that was a tough, tough thing for him to do is to kind of be the father figure to, you know, two rookies. And it didn't really work out that well. Um, couple other comments at hockey weasel said he's a C player. Not going to get you many points. He does give a reliable effort. Perhaps most of his value comes from keeping the guys loose and liked in the locker room. But with younger, cheaper forwards in the mix and ELCs, Bowers, Kaut, etc., doubt there will be space from him. Uh, that's He's another player we will get to later on when it comes to that. But, uh, yeah, all that's true. I think he's a, a solid C-grade player. You love the effort, um, and you love what he can do in the locker room. So uh, Hope Cholo says a good guy, hard worker, uh, but easily replaceable. And I hate to say that because he's one of my favorite players on the team just based on his demeanor. But he is. He's one of those guys that you can, if you do lose him, you, you can find someone to replace him for, you know, not that much money. Uh, talking Avalanche Pucks said a C. As, as expected, he's average. And Lothar, our good friend, said I would be surprised if he would be back next season. And sadly, I I can I agree with that. I could see it really go either way. If he wants to stay, I think he you know he takes a short term deal worth not a ton of money just to be on a competing team. But it's also the Avalanche have to want him back as well because they do have some guys just waiting to take over his spot that could probably produce on a point level a little bit more than he is doing. So Belmar. Uh, for me, I think it would be a solid C. Love having him around. Could be the last we've seen of him in an Avalanche jersey. Uh, if it is, it was enjoyable and fun to watch. One of those guys that if he does go somewhere else, I would still root for him. And and I know it would be dependent on the team. Uh, maybe if it is even a rival, I, I wouldn't want the team to win. But I would like to see Belmar do well. Say it was say he went to the wild or something or the blues or something like that. Like clearly you don't want those, you're not going to root for those teams, but you might root for an individual player. He's a guy that you root for. He, he's just, everybody always talks about Mark Andre Fleury and how he's, uh, you have to love Mark Andre Fleury. He's, he just loves playing the game. Watch Belmar. 
Belmar gets just as much enjoyment out of playing hockey. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it works out for him going into uh, next season and if he's still around. If he is, okay. If he's not, okay too. But solid C for Pierre, Pierre Edward Belmar. All right. Um, who's next? I should look up uh, who is next on our list real quickly. And that is Andre Burkowski. So uh, go to the Twitter page, LOPN underscore Avalanche. And uh, I'll have that up uh, probably in the afternoon tomorrow or today, depending on when you listen to this, obviously. Uh, I'll have it. How about this? I'll have it up in the afternoon on Wednesday. That's the best way to phrase it. All right. Uh, we are going to hear from betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Pick your sport. You have baseball, hockey still being played. Yes, they is still being played, even though the Avalanche aren't playing in it. Uh, you have the NBA. Football is not that far away. And you have UFC and MMA. All of it you can bet at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, before the next puck drop, before the next slam dunk, head over to BetOnline. On your laptop or mobile device, check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your teams make their playoff runs. When you head to the website and sign up, you can also use your mobile device to sign up. You will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So... The Seth Jones rumors probably won't die for a very long time. And the more that I thought about it, uh, in the very beginning, I was like, no, there's no way that that can happen. And then I kind of, you know, thought about it a little bit more and remembered what Joe Sackick did just this last offseason. And... He made that deal for Brandon Saad. And what's the one thing that people seem to forget that he did in getting that deal for Saad? He had the Blackhawks retain some of his contract. Saad is only counting $5 million against the Avalanche cap, or he was, uh, when he was really making $6 million because Sackett got the Blackhawks to retain a $1 million. That could very well happen here with Seth Jones and the Blue Jackets. He has one more year left on his deal, and it's a very friendly deal. Uh, It's $5.4 million. That's a great, you know, cost for a excellent, excellent defender. And... Could it be something where, you know, they make a deal for him and the Avs want Columbus to retain, even if it's a million dollars for him, now you're getting him for $4.4 million. It might be just for one year. Well, that dollar amount will definitely be just for one year, you know, because when he signs his uh, contract the following season, he's going to cash in. And will the Avalanche be able to afford him then? I don't know. But that's a question for next year. Do the Avalanche want to make a deal? If you can get him, it depends on what you'd have to give up. I don't know what you would have to give up. Uh, you, you you might, because 
he's he's going into his final year. You know, you might not have to give up a ton because Columbus is going to want to get some return, unless you can make it. You can do. You can sign him as part of the deal, which I don't think Jones is going to do, and I don't think the Avalanche want to do that because they want to know where their finances are at the end of next season, uh, and not sign Seth Jones to a monster deal, which he's going to command. So, do you bring him in for one year and make another go at it, and if you win the cup? That's a success. I think that's something you take a look at. You know, you you and then if the financials add up in the following season where you can sign him to something, I don't think you can. I don't think it's there. Uh, I think they would want to, but there's too many other people on the Avalanche that they need to throw money at. You always have that Nathan McKinnon soon to be contract looming, which you have to make room for. So I don't think long-term the Avalanche can make that work, but why not do it for one year? Bring a guy in for one year. You technically did it with Brandon Saad if you're not able to sign him and it didn't work out. Why not do it with another defender and a top-flight defender at that? And then get... If you can get the Blue Jackets to retain some salary, that's even more of a home run. So I'm kind of coming around to this idea that it could happen. And Jones has ties in Denver with his dad playing basketball for the Nuggets. You know, he likes the area the, the, the avalanche wanted him. The avalanche were going to pick Seth Jones as the number one overall pick. It was, I think as much as a done deal as anybody really thought. And the only reason it wasn't is because Patrick Waugh was their coach. He knew a lot about Nathan McKinnon, and he really changed the minds of the front office to go get Nathan McKinnon. And maybe that's the best thing Patrick Waugh has done in in his coaching career, clearly for the Avalanche. I'm not going to say in his playing career because he went to championships with them, but uh, I'm glad they listened to him to get Nathan McKinnon. But how great would it be if both of these guys, the two guys that they were looking at for the number one pick, are now playing in the avalanche sweater, however many, nine years later. I think you look at it. I think it's something like, and it will all depend on what you have to give up. Columbus is probably going to try in the beginning to get a lot for him. And then as the season goes on and it gets closer and closer to that deadline, the asking price will go down. I don't know. I don't know what you give up for him. I, I wouldn't give up a first round pick because you only have that one year left on him on his contract. Uh, player-wise, they're probably going to want some prospects, which you have a lot of them. But again, how much do you want to give up for a one-year player? If you can get them before the season starts, and then how much do you want to give up uh, if the the if it's in the season, it's kind of towards the trade deadline for basically a rental? Then then the asking price is going to be a lot lower. But do you want to risk it and let it go that long before you make a move for him? Because you know there's other people going to be lined up making deals for him. So it's something to think about if you're the Colorado Avalanche. And it makes sense. So we shall see. Offseason is awesome. I love it. So that will be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today and each and every day. It's always, always appreciated. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with any anything new that's going on. We're going to be talking about it. So have a good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!